0: Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. Have you ever longed to hear from the Lord? Anyone? Is a yes or no. Have you ever just like been in a struggle and you're like, God, what are you doing? Anyone? Oh, this is a, this is a, this is not a, a silent audience, I hope. Have you ever like talked to God, God, what are you doing in this? Why is things happening? Anyone ever been in a place where you're just like, God, will you just speak to me? Give me a word, Jesus. Give me a word. It's interesting. Uh... <laughs> I've been this many times where you're like in a place where you're frustrated, confused, concerned. Maybe a situation has happened and it doesn't make sense. God, give me an answer. There's been two scenarios that have happened in my life, and maybe you can uh, follow. Either I feel like He delivers one, or I sit in silence and quickly get angry. Anyone else? Like anyone? Yeah. I feel like he's delivered one, or I sit in silence and I quickly get angry and I'm like, God, why aren't you speaking? And sometimes it's the you know the latter that is more happening more often than the former, right? We sit in silence, God, why aren't you speaking? And I will tell you this morning, I'm really excited. What I know to be true is that God's word is always speaking. Did you know that? Where the presence of God is, there's freedom, and God is not a silent God. He's speaking. But I think what we struggle with is the ability to hear him, to decipher his voice amidst uh, our thoughts. Anyone else have crazy, anxious thoughts? Uh, His voice amidst our lives, we believed. his voice amidst the noisy world. like All of these things are, are so difficult to weed through. But we're talking this morning about hearing God. I don't know about you, but uh, hearing God doesn't seem like something that like, uh, is very common in this world. Uh, the world likes to say, like, when you hear voices, you're crazy, right? When you hear voices, you're crazy. And in fact, I cannot tell you the number of times when I've talked to non-believers, and, and you know, we talk about our relationship with God, and we're like when we say things like God said this to me," or, "God has been teaching me lately," and they're like, "God?" teaching you? Or maybe you've heard it as a pastor and I've said this past week, I feel like the Lord spoke something and you're like, well, that'd be cool, Greg, but he doesn't really speak something to me. And maybe you, you get in this mindset because the world paints this picture of the audible voice of God, Moses, take off your shoes, right? Like, And, and you're like, I haven't heard, Greg, take off your shoes, right? And so God must not be speaking, right? Like we, we get that. But I will tell you this morning, there, I, God has a word for you because he is speaking constantly. It's just not always the exterior audible way that we like to think. The voices in our head that, are, that, that we paint in the world is causing us to be crazy. No, 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 no. God is speaking. And when he speaks, reality changes. When he speaks, life comes abundantly. When he speaks, he, he lets us know his mind, his thoughts, his character his purpose. I don't know about you, but I long to hear God speak. Anyone else? Got, I'm like, God, speak, speak. It's interesting, though, if you are new with us at all, uh, my name is Greg McKinney. My wife and I are the lead pastors here at Glory Church, and uh, yes, I got a baby face, all right, but I have four children who make me feel way older than I am. Uh, we have eight-year-old twins. I love them, a five-year-old and a three-year-old, and they're in kids' ministry right now. Um, and, and if you know us at all as a church, we're a new church. We are about to celebrate two years in February, but we are a church that is... L- I hope that you will experience that we long to seek Christ, the Lord, as he really is. Not how our postmodern world likes to paint him. Not how our flesh wants him to be. Uh, we want all of who God is. And so like, that's something that I've, I've been trying to teach myself to do, uh, Though we hopefully have been seen and, and heard uh, over the years. And then we, then we as people, want to say, okay, God, here's my whole self. Have your way with me. Like, that's, that's really, but how can we say, here's my whole self, have your way with me, if we struggle to hear his way, right? I'm there. Like, so God teach me your ways. We ended last week a series over, uh, we called it Testify. It was about sharing our faith, actually sharing the stories of what God has done. It was seven weeks long, and then I had this nice little break planned, all right? I love when I plan things and then nothing happens that I plan. Anyone else, like, really like that? Um, I actually really struggle with it. Like, I'm the type A person, like, my plans are good, God. (laughs) Like, my plans are good. Like, why aren't they happening? Okay, so this week... I had planned to do a little one-off, and next week, I'm really excited, we're going to start a series that will lead us into Christmas um, over, we discussed and staff, over the life of Joseph. We're going to be talking about visions and dreams coming to reality, God fulfilling his promises, which is pretty cool because it's going to lead up to probably the greatest promise fulfilled, the coming Messiah right? The baby Jesus born in a manger, you know, covered in cloth. So we're going to literally see how Joseph's life and the fulfillment of his dream, his vision, maps with the coming of the Savior. So that's coming next week, all right? But I had this huge question mark attached to today, and I was a little frustrated because originally my plan was uh, months ago I was hoping to be able to to cast the vision of this new home for us as a church. I was hoping to have documents signed, to cast the vision of what it would be, to sort of say the financial goal and move us forward. But as you guys have known, if you've been with us, uh, the Lord, His timing is a little different. We're still in the bid process. We're still praying through numbers, and I'm still waiting on the Lord. And it's been hard. It's been testing. So if you want to talk with me, you can. But all that to say... I didn't know what to say this week. talking with Kate in the car. Every good thing comes from your wife, right? From the Lord through your wife. It just men know that. Every good thing comes from the Lord through your wife. All right? Uh, <laughs> so I said, Kate, what do we talk about? I don't even know. And she said, well, there was a common theme last week. We had a panel who talked about sharing our faith and how they do it. She said, there's a common theme that those people talked about how they listened to the Spirit's leading, and then they did what he said. Why don't we talk about, like, hearing from God? Because I don't think people listen to what the Spirit is saying. I was like, deal, I'll do it. We're going to talk about listening to the voice of God today. And so I I don't know what uh, God has been teaching or speaking into you, and you have maybe been mute to hear, or there's so much going on in your world or in your day, but this morning we're talking about listening to God's voice, and I was like, deal, let's do it, bet, right? Whatever word you want to say, my wife is amazing. So this sermon came from her hearing the Lord and speaking it. So, let's just, let's just realize that. Number one, can I just tell you that uh, we overcomplicate who God is and then miss out on the complication and beauty of who God is. You know what I mean? Like, it's this, this both ends. We're like, God, speak, and he's like, I am. You're overcomplicating it and missing how complex I actually am for you. And so, it's this interesting thing, but our God, his character is not to be silent. Like uh, we sometimes think the Spirit will move us, but he's a silent mover, right? Uh, no, if the enemy is an accuser, a speaker, if the enemy speaks lies, the father of lies, if the enemy has a voice, can we not agree that the Lord has a greater one? Like if the if the enemy is accusing, the Lord is correcting, is healing, is redeeming. And his he's not just what he's doing action-wise, but his voice voice. When God spoke, creation was formed. So his voice is here. I just want to learn. I don't know about you, but I want to learn how to decipher it, how to hear it. Because it's not always this audible thing. Scripture talks about uh, comparing a man. It's Psalm 32. It won't be up here, but write down Psalm 32. It's really neat. The man who does not hear the instruction of the Lord is compared to a horse that is unyieldy, a horse without understanding. Have you guys ever had seen a wild horse? No matter whose owner, the wild horse, like no matter uh, who the owner is, the wild horse will always be wild, right? Because it has not been trained to know the owner. And so uh, Psalms talks about this, this man who does not understand the Lord is wild and yielding. Think about a horse that bucks. Anything that comes near is a cause of concern for this wild horse. Anything, any one of authority is a cause of concern for this wild. When we do not hear God, we struggle with authority. It's really interesting, but it's really beautiful. He says in this that the, the, the man who is the master over an a unyielding horse, the only way to restrain them is through bit and brittle, right? That's the only way that that horse will be near. It's this not good picture of a horse, but how many times have you guys had to be restrained to hear the Lord? Anyone? Like, I, God has restrained me, has kept me from doing things sometimes. Because, like, I need, this is, right now, Greg, you're being stubborn. And this is the only way that you're going to be near to me, which is not smart. Right? Anyone ever been there? So we want to do the other side. I want to be a horse that knows its master. I want to be, well, more clearly, a sheep that knows its, its shepherd, to hear the voice of the Lord, and uh, I want to grow in that. And trust me when I say God's voice isn't, is rarely this audible thing. Most of the time, it's like the, Eli- the Elijah story where the Lord is in the still, small voice, the whisper. You see, most of the time, uh, as we mature in Him— the idea of hearing God, when I say, I heard the Lord or the Lord said this, it's because slowly God's literal words have become implanted in me so that when I approach a scenario, His word comes into my mind, and then I change how I respond. God spoke to me, so I changed how I responded. It's, it's way You see, the plan for the Father is for the Son to not have to say, hey, dad, what do I do anymore? The plan for the father is to have the son say, I know what my father would do, and then I do it. And guess what? The father is still speaking to the son when he does it. Does that make sense? It's really so much so that this was really precious. Like, I don't have very many wins as being a parent, but I was was speaking uh, and typing up this sermon, so just talking to myself in my office, and my kids were with me on Friday, Jack and Trey. They had a day off of school, and they are filling up these three bags so that we, of stuff, pantry items, so that we can put them in our car because they have noticed every single time we have stopped by and been parked by a homeless person, I have said we don't have anything in the car to give them. And so Trey was like, Dad, I saw them and I was like, we need to fill up our car with things to give people. That's when you're like, Ugh. I didn't even have to lead it. You did it automatically. You're hearing the voice of the Father. You've heard the need every single time that we don't have anything. And so instinctually, you see the thing and you're like, I'm going to store it so that we have it. That is what God wants for us. That's hearing the voice of the Lord. And I'll tell you, I don't do it often. I've been trying to like teach, uh, teach myself how to do this as well. You see, often, and I told my small group, if you're in a small group, often the Lord, when he speaks to me, It's the negative stuff. Like I I pick out a lie in someone. Like I I just doesn't sound right. And I know truth. And it's it's sometimes a hard part. And someone so kindly, I'll call him out, Josiah said, but a doctor needs to see when there's a tumor. It's a good thing to be able to see the bad thing. But I was like, God, that's just been really hard on me lately. Will you give me good words for people? I've been asking that. Will you give me a good word? And Wednesday came around and we have a lot of people coming into our office. And This is where God wants. He wants our thoughts to be His thoughts, our plans to be His plans, our desires to be His desires. A man comes in, and the first word that came to my mind was gentleness. Like, notice His gentleness. And I didn't, no one said that. It wasn't like God was like, notice His gentleness. But I was like, He's really gentle. He's really gentle. He's really gentle. You know where Gabby said, like, uh, God leads you to do things, and sometimes you just don't do them. Well, I didn't do anything with that, because I'm like, how? what do I do with that? And then when he left, I was like, I missed my opportunity. God, you were speaking. You were calling out a good characteristic in someone that could have been an open door for me to say something, but I didn't do anything. God, help me with the next one. A woman comes in. She's broken down praying, and the Lord gave me word. And this time I'm like, I'm, I'm, i had to like stand up. Like Christy was leading her out. And I was like, wait, I've got something. And I said something that doesn't happen very often. But when the Lord gives you thoughts, that's him speaking. And it's this very different thing. But as we listen into his voice, there's a principle that I want to talk through. And I did not, I've never heard this principle being taught So when I say that God like gave me this principle, I mean as I'm journaling. Sometimes you do this. Anyone journal and you start you write something out and you're like that was not from me, but thank you, Lord, I needed to hear it. Or some of you who are or love talking and helping people out and you say something to them and you're like that was not me, and though it touched them, like I needed to hear that too. Anyone ever been there? That's the Lord speaking. And it's really powerful. So I'm like journaling through these ideas, and I I put together this phrase. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And I just spiraled in my thought of example after example after example of Scripture where this is seen. Because if we're going to learn to hear God's voice, we're going to need to know something. We're going to need to know a principle. Because it's separate from something else. And so I wrote this down that there is a difference between experiencing God's presence. And when I wrote it down, I actually said, God, there's a difference between me experiencing your presence and hearing your voice. And I was like, wait, what? And it's just like, I wrote that in my notes. There's a difference between experiencing your presence and hearing your voice. And some of you, you need, if we're going to hear God's voice, we're going to need to know the difference. This is full of scripture. Uh, We see this. Though they're intimately connected, experiencing God is different than hearing him. They're one and the same at times, but they're different. Let me explain it this way. we see God's presence. Here you go. God's presence we can define as the thing, his presence, when it comes, it evokes feeling. If you want to put that up, like when God's presence fills a room, the, the fruit of the spirit sometimes can be felt, right? Peace. When, when God's presence is experienced, it doesn't mean he's not always there, right? He is always there. But when you experience him being there, a few of these things start happening. Sometimes hope comes. Sometimes when God's presence fills a room, it challenges and convicts our flesh. Anyone ever like, you feel a little, like right? Like, you, just, you don't feel right. Like something, it's uncomfortable. Sometimes when God's presence comes in, it stirs the spiritual world, right? It changes aspects of reality, like the woman who touched Jesus' garment. God, Jesus didn't speak, but his presence changed her. And it divides darkness to light. When God's presence comes into a room, there's this huge division, and it's known. It's known, and it's sometimes the elephant in the room. Everyone, anyone ever been in a room where there's, like the elephant came because God's presence came? It's, woo, like it just gets a little awkward. Difference than that, so to stand differently, is God's word, and when I say God's word, his voice, his voice literally brings redemption. It, it changes reality regarding sin. Let me explain it this way. You ready? When God's presence comes in, it shows how ugly sin is in opposition to him. But when God speaks, it can change the sinful into righteous, does that make sense? That's a big difference. Do you understand? I think that's a huge difference. When God's presence comes in, the sinful is known as sinful. But when God's voice is heard, the sinful can be turned righteous. I think it's beautiful. It, his voice brings warning, His voice brings deliverance. It calls out, it corrects, it guides, it delivers, it comforts, it transcends comfort. Meaning, when God speaks, It somehow allows the comfort to transcend out of us, and then other people are blessed by it. It's beautiful. But these two things are separate, even though they're intimately connected. And I learned something. Are you ready? I have come to notice that amidst my immaturity, and you're going to have to understand this, this principle, amidst my immaturity, and goodness have I been immature, I have rightfully longed for that first one. I've hungered for God's, ex- to experience God's presence, and I've substituted it for God's voice. Do you want me to explain this? We hunger for His peace, but we substitute the experience of His peace for how it will guide us daily. And it does nothing to teach us daily how to live in peace. His word teaches us daily, His, ex- his presence fills us with peace. But his word is what guides us to live out peace. Does that make sense? There's this huge difference, and in our maturity, we rightfully hunger for God's presence, but we wrongfully substitute it. And so we hunger for the feelings that will be evoked. But we don't want the correction, we don't want the guidance, guidance we want the good feels not the changes that he his word is calling us to make you see this is very different but as we hear god's voice you got to realize it is beyond his presence does that mean you have to wait and so as we get into this you will see this time and time again i wrote this down here's a good rule of thumb and then we're going to dive into some passages where you're going to see this is so profound when you seek to experience god's presence you also need to wait for his word to be spoken. So what I mean is when you're in a hardship and you're like, God, what are you doing here? Will you give me peace? Don't just write when you feel peace or when you broke, have that time of broken and you're like, thank you. I needed to break right now. Wait, because the Lord is going to speak to you. His presence, it might evoke the conviction, but his word is what gives you the clarity, the healing, the hope, the redemption. Now, this is, you're like, what, 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 what? Okay, so we're going to make some sense of it. This is throughout. Like, we're going to dive through five different passages really really fast, all right, quickly. Think back all the way to Genesis, the first time when God's presence was a part of people when God's presence encountered sinful man. Do you remember that? All the way back to the fall, Genesis chapter three, when it's a first example of God's presence coming in. And think about when they experienced his presence, it evoked some feelings, right? It evoked this fear. If you know the story, they hid. When God's presence was encountered, they hid. And, and it's very powerful to realize this, that it evoked this not so good feeling. They, they felt ashamed they felt um whew, they felt wrong they felt naked invisible and exposed in a bad way so they hid and now listen i literally i want to say this did god make them feel shame no it was the voice of their sin that made them feel shame now listen did god make them hide did god tell them that they were naked no It was the voice of their sin that gave them a new definition of themselves. Now, this is really interesting. I I need you to realize God's presence is different than his voice because he hasn't spoken yet, but they've heard a couple things, right? They have now heard I'm naked, and they've now heard I am unworthy, and I have to hide. I'm shameful. It's interesting that when God's presence comes, sin starts speaking too. This is why we need to know this, because often we take what we feel when God comes as him. Well, God hates me. No, that's sin voicing to you. Well, God will reject me. No, that's sin speaking. Wait on the Lord. Don't hide. It's really interesting there. Sin spoke. It. So many voices were heard that were not of God's, and then God's voice comes in, and he calls out Adam, right? Adam, where are you? Well, I hid. And in this scenario, he, he challenges them. He calls out their sin. But he also provides a way, a covering for them to be clothed. And if you look beautifully, he already speaks out of a deliverance. That there will be a man who will step on the serpent's head. In the, all through this, a redemption was made, but only through his voice. We have to wait. And I say this because... We often allow that which spurs up when his presence comes to get us to either run away or to make rash decisions instead of just waiting on, God, what are you actually saying in this? Here's another story, the story of Moses, the burning bush story, right? He experiences God's presence. Anyone ever heard the, the, uh, of that story? It's like all the way back into our, our kindergarten, you know, little kids, uh, little Bible books Moses and the burning bush were there, and he experiences God's presence, and he evokes his attention. Ooh, what is that? What is going on? And he draws near. But I will tell you, I, I wrote this down, and I want to write a burning bush scenario, the crazy circumstance in your day, an unexpected event in your week. Anyone ever had that? Uh, 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 God's presence doing something unexpected? But it's not all there was, right? Because there was a purpose in God being there and then he spoke. If the presence was God, of God was there, and then Moses noticed it, worshiped, and then left, he would miss the voice of the Lord that told him what to do, commissioned him. It commissioned him, and then God speaks, right? What happens when God speaks? Moses' insecurities start bubbling up. He already wants to say no, but God tells him, I will be with you, Truth happens, and it's this beautiful thing, and I wrote this down, like God's voice grants the guidance. His voice speaks this commission, and instantly it's not about the experience anymore. Sometimes we hunger for the experience of God. We hunger for the experience of God, and then we think it's all about the experience. No, it's about his voice commissioning us forward. As I was writing it, I just felt like the, the Lord said, this is one thing like we need to experience. Uh, we need to get this. We need to realize that we get stuck in longing for his experience. We long for what he will bring, but we forget that his word will always lead us to do something. It will lead us to a commission that will help his kingdom. And if I don't want to do that, then I won't hear him. Does this make sense? If I don't want to to go forward, if Moses kept saying no, no, no to God, then he would have just had a burning bush experience instead of a deliverance. You see what happened? Like the burning bush didn't deliver him. The burning bush didn't change the people. It was when he heard the Lord speak and did it. And I say this because Sundays you come here, maybe you have felt peace here. Maybe you keep coming because you like the excitement or you, you, you like the truth that happens. But in a burning bush experience, like a Sunday, is not what commissions you. It's hearing his voice and doing it. Hearing his voice and doing it. I've been reading a book this week. I pulled it back out uh, by Dallas Willard called Hearing God. And I will quote him later. It's such a good one. Dallas Willard, H- Hearing God. It's so good. But he, he challenges us because he said, if we constantly seek out God as if his words are meant for our personal betterment, or if we, if we seek out God thinking that his presence is for our good alone, then we are always going to miss the beauty of his voice. Because his voice is not just about Greg. He's not just wanting to speak all the good things about Greg. No, actually it says he works all, you know, good for all of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So if I just want the good for Greg, I'm going to miss the Lord. Does this make sense? If you just want the good for your job, you're going to miss the Lord. God, just tell me something good. And he's like, well, you, you only want the good for you. So I'm actually speaking the good for my kingdom, the commission of my kingdom, and you're missing it because you just want the good for you. You just want the good for you. God's voice is speaking, we just aren't hearing because it transcends us. If you want God to speak to you, say, God, speak to me and let me better your kingdom with what you say. Like, let it shape me and challenge me, but let it be for your kingdom. That's when God's voice is audibly heard, not audibly. You get what I'm saying. That's when God's voice is heard. But think about if we just let it be a burning bush experience, then all of Israel would still be stuck with Pharaoh, Right? all of Israel would still been stuck in bondage. I just think of all the people in my life who would still be stuck in bondage if I didn't ask God not just to speak to me and change me, but I actually said, God, give me your heart for others. Like that's when deliverance takes place. He commissions us to not just speak to us, but now through us. Think of Isaiah. And then we're going to leave the Old Testament because I got some uh, New Testament things. Think of Isaiah 6. If you know the book of Isaiah, it's beautiful. 60 plus chapters of just the coming Messiah. It gets really good. It's so powerful. But before all of that, he experiences God's presence. And he falls to his knees in a vision. And he's like, woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips. Because right when you experience God's presence, it evokes some things. And so he fell to his knees. But think of how much we would miss of the book of Isaiah if Isaiah's story just stopped with experiencing because the Lord then speaks to him. He takes a coal from the altar, right? Touches Isaiah's mouth because Isaiah said, I'm a man of unclean lips. And he heals him and then he commissions him. He commissions him. I'm going to tell you so many times we don't hear God because we just want to feel him. We just want what he's going to give us. No, God, I want to do what you do. Like, I want to love like you love. I want to have your eyes. I want to see what you see. I want to, I want to love people like you love people. That's when a commission will happen. But examples aren't just in the Old Testament, right? There's this in- interesting story, and I need you all to get this. There's this interesting story of Jesus in the synagogue. If you're not awake, wake up Now, because this is some powerful stuff. Jesus always does this. He speaks, and I'm just astounded by no one hearing him. Have you ever noticed, like, Jesus speaks, and the literal word of God is happening. Like, Jesus is talking, and God is speaking. Like, that's powerful. But the people do not hear him. I mean, think of countless stories where what they hear is what he makes them feel. Like what they hear is what he's making them feel. Oh, oh, he makes me feel really good. He fed us in our bellies. It's about to happen. He, he just healed them. The, the crowd is excited. All they hear is what his fle- their flesh is feeling. Or he's making me feel uncomfortable. He's making me feel angry. He just said that he's God. Blasphemy. They're not hearing the word of the Lord. They're hearing what their flesh is responding it's so much so that Jesus is in a synagogue speaking and th- his presence is there and so it starts stirring the spiritual realm and a man who is demon possessed starts screaming starts yelling at him i will tell you when the lord moves there are pieces of our flesh that start screaming anyone ever experienced that Someone's trying to tell you truth, and all you hear is that you're rejected by what they're saying. That's not you. That's not them. That is not God. That's your flesh. That is sin screaming in the way that sin can scream. And so in this, Jesus is talking, and a man screams. And think about it. When it happens, what do you feel? Has anyone ever felt that? Like, uh, I could say the word porn. Instantly, something happens. I can say the word adultery. I can say the word divorce. I can say these words, and instantly the enemy is already yelling, and so now you can't hear me. I could say addiction. I could say prison, right? Like I can say these things, and instantly your flesh will start yelling things, and you can't even hear what Greg is saying anymore. Anyone ever notice that? And what does it make you feel? It leads you to feeling dead, right? Like it leads you to death. So in this story, you want to read it later. It's powerful. Mark 1 It says Jesus is teaching, and again, he's been speaking for a while, but they haven't heard him. And a man comes in, and he's demon-possessed, and he says, I know who you are. And it literally says, (laughs) have you come to destroy us? I know that you are the Holy One of God. Like, can I just imagine, like, if I'm speaking right now, and let's say the most quiet person in the room, Caleb, just screams, I know who you are. You've come to destroy us. Instantly, dissension happens. Instantly, worry takes place. Instantly, now it's not on what God has come to do, life. It is on what? Destruction. Do you see what happens? When God's presence comes in, we, and, and it starts hurting us, the enemy will want you to say, get destruction. It's go. Go away. Hear from it. It's, good. it's not good. It's uncomfortable. It's wrong. It's wrong. But Jesus came to bring life. Life. And so often we hear the lead of what our flesh says and actually miss completely what love speaks. It happens all the time. I can't hear God if my flesh is already speaking and I'm like in tune with what it's feeling. There are some sins that God has been speaking for a long time for you to get to step out of. But you have listened to the voice of condemnation from those sins. And so you have thought destruction, destruction, destruction. And God looks, I love this, Jesus actually finally speaks and he says, silent. Come out. And then all the people who were there who thought for a while their flesh was saying, wow, that man has authority. It it's changes. The term used now is the people were amazed. Amazed because they saw God. Like it's this powerful thing that these, these people saw through their eyes of their flesh. Wow, this guy has authority. He has authority. And instantly they saw, no, we're amazed because he's God. It happens when he speaks. His words do not bring death, they bring life. I, I I just want to sit on this, like so many times there have been the things of God have come near to you, and your insecurities have spoken, so you never actually, you never actually chose to hear what the Lord was saying. There have been so many times when the things of God have come near you. And your fear has spoken, and so you didn't sit and wait on the Lord to speak. There have been so many things that have come into your life where you have the thing God is doing a work around you, but your pride has come in. Yeah, check me. I, I, for the longest time, when I was in high, when I was in college, I was learning how to give a good sermon. Let me just tell you, the enemy can mess you up when you start learning how to do a good sermon because then you're sitting where the Word of God is being taught and all you can think about is what? How they're doing it wrong or how you would do it right. Instantly, my pride is speaking and I can't hear the Word of the Lord. Anyone ever like, our anger is speaking and we can't hear the Word of the Lord. Our frustration is speaking and we can't hear the Word of the Lord. All of these things because it starts speaking. And so, right, if we're going to experience God, we also need to wait. Tell that frustration, wait. Tell the anger, wait. Tell the pride, wait. I'm going to hear him. I'm going to hear what you're saying. I'm going to hear what you're saying. If we don't do that, then we try to numb the voices, and it ends up silencing the Lord, too, because we try by our own power to numb the voices. I I don't want to feel that way, so I'm going to do my best to make it go away. And I also want to bring you to uh, the—here's a more positive spin on on Jesus' presence— uh, I want to bring you to the feeding of the 5,000. You know that story? I got the feeding of the 5,000. I have a, the conversion of Saul to Paul, and then we're done. But I want you to know the feeding of the 5,000 is really powerful. The feeding of the 5,000 is this time where Jesus, they got to experience him. And guess what? Their bellies were fed. I'm like, come on. I want some food by Jesus. And so they, they experienced his blessings in tenfold, right? But can we just own the fact that the wide road is what probably the majority of those five thousand continue to live on, and the narrow road is what the the minority of those five thousand chose to walk on, which meant they experienced God's blessings but didn't get and wait on the deliverance. Do you hear what I'm saying? Like that is the danger. I would take a crowd full of the minority than a 5,000 that I, we work hard by the word of the Lord to experience, let them experience his goodness, yet they, they're missing it. They're missing it because they feed their bellies, but they don't wait for him to actually speak. They've already come into their mind. And so much so, like, uh, if you know the scenarios that are going, this is about to press on some of you, so I'm sorry. If you know the the story that happens right after this, the crowd chases Jesus down, poor guy. The crowd chases him down and they're ready to call him their king. This man just miraculously made me food. What can't he do? Like he's gonna be our ticket out of the Rome captivity. The Jews wanted to claim him as king. Do you know why? Because they wanted future prosperity. If he could give us bread now, think of what he could do when Rome is gone. They're thinking of future prosperity. I was reading uh, Dallas Willard. We're going to bring it back up. The majority of the time that we talk to the Lord, ask Him to talk. It's always about the future, right? Always. God, give me future prosperity. God, I know You've blessed me right now, but but what? Will You just tell me what to do for the future so that it's good? Like, will you just be my king so that the future is good? Will you just like be my king so the future is good? And we have this future focus and they're missing the point. The point was not that he can bring food when you're hungry. It's that he's bringing deliverance now. Because what happened right before the food came? He spoke some meat. Do you know what he spoke on that mountain? The Sermon on the Mount. Where he literally said, "Hey, if currently you have lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. Let's not even talk about future provision. Let's talk about right now. If you have anger in your heart, you've already committed murder. Let's just talk about right now. if If you have an enemy, don't pray that they go away in the future. Pray for them now, that they would be changed now. You see, Jesus was always about the now, and yet we want the future, so we miss what he's speaking now, because a lot of the time it's like, hey, I need you to know, blessed are those who mourn. Not because they will be futurely comforted. No, because they're comforted now. The Lord is speaking now. And they missed it. No, Jesus, be my king for tomorrow. No, right now I'm speaking. So I just challenge you, like, when you ask God to speak, what is he speaking right now? I, I literally wrote this down like, God, what are you speaking now to me? Like, what are you saying right now? I need to come into peace. I wrote this. I need to come into peace about my place in God's will now. Not my future place in God's will, but now. Speak to me now. Speak to me now. And then if we can end and band, you guys can come up. I I just, I want to sing that song about Jesus because... There's this other moment. Jesus is literally the incarnate word of God. (laughs) But there's this last moment. The last little example I have of you is when Saul was turned to Paul on the road to Damascus. I don't know if you know this story, but Saul for the longest time, like can we just preface who this man is? He not only heard the word of the Lord, he spoke it often in the temple. This man was a Pharisee. He spoke the word of God often, the Torah, but it was not the logos yet for him. Does this make sense? It was the word of God, but it was not the word of God in his life. And so for the longest time, this man had heard Jesus talk. He had heard Yahweh's voice, but he never chose to hear Yahweh's voice. This is powerful difference. But then on the road to Damascus, he experienced God. If you know the story, what happens? Shining light, and he becomes blind. Did someone say it? One person got it right. There we go. A shining light happened, and he became blind. A shining light happened, and Paul, well, the future Paul, became blind. Now, I wrote this down. Uh, <laughs> it was through Jesus' spoken word that, man, all of those beautiful books of the Bible were given to us because Saul turns to Paul and he delivered us like, who 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Romans, all of that. But God had been speaking for so long, but it wasn't until this hard moment on the road to Damascus where Saul became blind by the experience of God because when God moves, whoo, reality shifts. And God needed to stop some thinking. So I have a quote, and this is the only quote that I wanted to bring from Dallas Willard's book because this one got me. This was like an ouch. He said many times he is speaking and we don't hear it because we could make no good use of a word from God because of how we're living. Ouch. Now, many times God is speaking the man saw God spoke he spoke God's words but he didn't hear it because he could not make no good use of those words because of how he was set on living and I just like I feel like for some of you there have been key things that God has been trying to speak but you won't hear it because the way that you've been living could literally make no good use of it. He's speaking, love them, and you're speaking, no, they should love me. He's speaking, serve them, and you're still believing, no, I have a plan that I wanna serve. He's speaking, and you can't even, he's speaking, surrender this, and you're you're thinking, no, God, do this for me. And so because we're living in a way We're living in this way. No matter what he's speaking, our life could make no good use of that word. He's saying, love your wife. And you're saying, she doesn't love me. That doesn't matter. I'm speaking. And so on a road to Damascus, everything that Paul could see was gone. And he had to start seeing things a little differently. And he could finally hear God Now, I just would love, like, let's just be there in a bit. Can I encourage you to, let's just close our eyes. Obviously, we can't have a shining light experience. I won't put that on God. Maybe right now he can shine a light and you can't see. But we can't close our eyes. Because for many of you, you have hunger to hear from the Lord. And he has said the same thing over and over. And maybe you've even said, God, if you tell me to do that or give that up, I'll give it up. But yet he's like, no, you won't. You're the rich young ruler who's already decided that it's your life. And so God, take away our vision. The vision of all of our plans, all of our thoughts, all of our desires, all of our plans that that, that have been so us-focused. Because I believe you're speaking in this room and have for a while. You've been saying the same thing to the same people over and over, and yet they want a word that will better themselves. And they're missing that the word that you're speaking is going to redeem going to deliver themselves. So God, right now I pray with our eyes closed, that we will start saying, God, you speak and my life will change for you. Whatever you say, God, I will, I will bend to it. You want that- Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.